Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to today's episode of A View from the Wall. I'm Dylan Burrows, along with I'm a Watchman Managing Editor, Joe Kerr, and today we are honored to host Jill Martin Ritchie. Jill is the co-founder of Walter Martin Ministries, as well as WAJC-FM in the Minneapolis area. She served as the co-author of The Kingdom of the Occult. Jill also serves as Managing Editor for her father, Walter Martin's 45-year bestseller, The Kingdom of the Cults. She lives in St. Paul, Minnesota with her husband, Kevin, daughter, Christina, and son, Justin. Jill, welcome to A View from the Wall. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you. And we know your father, Dr. Walter Martin, was well known for his books and his speaking, including many debates with religious leaders from other faiths. And out of this lifetime of ministry, he developed the popular book, The Kingdom of the Cults. And this is a dear book to your heart, I know. Uh, This book has lasted the test of time for 45 years, and now you have served as the editor for the newest edition of the book. So if you would start us off by telling us the story of your involvement to bring the kingdom of the cults to life for a new generation. Well, you know, this book and primarily this ministry has been a part of my life since I was a little girl. I used to run around and play in the Bible Answer Man studios in Wayne, New Jersey, when Christian Research Institute was out there. And of course, that was when the book was had started to come out in 1965. My father had been working on it for uh, over 40 years, he said. He wrote, I think, in the first chapter but I remember my father working on it, and I looked at it, and I thought, how on earth am I ever going to do the right thing and the accurate thing and the scholarly thing with this book? And I need to be so careful with it. But God is amazing, Dylan and Joe. He really is. He he has people come alongside of you, had great researchers working on the first version we did of The Kingdom of the Cults. Um, I should say first edit we did back in early 2000 and 2003, I think. And it was such an incredible time. And then now in this edition, uh, what we've tried to do is approach it in another way, which is to return it to as close to the last version that my father worked on as possible. And that was 1985. So we returned it as far as um, layout and kind of match it up there with the chapters. And then I also brought back uh, the Unitarian chapter that my father had done. And that, I tell you, it was the most amazing thing. Uh, God did an incredible thing. I went online the other day, uh, and I was just looking through some books he had listed on Amazon, and I pulled up Kingdom of the Cults. And I saw that the Kingdom of the Cults was number 10 on Amazon under Unitarianism. Can you believe that? Oh, that's great. And to me, you know, I bring that up only because I was amazed at what God did, because all of the books listed under Unitarianism were for that subject. And so that would be the people, you know, who were buying it would be the Unitarians. And so to see the Kingdom of the Cults listed under that, to me, was a confirmation that God was truly blessing this book. So it has been such an honor for me to even be involved in it in the smallest way, and I can still see God blessing it. It's been out there and going strong since 1965. Tell us a little bit about some of the folks who were part of the sixth edition that just came out in May. Well, we have just the most incredible uh, 
editors at Bethany House. And the person who really has been central to the success of The Kingdom of the Cult is Kurt Van Gordon. And Kurt Van Gordon was just one of my father's top researchers, if not the top researcher. Worked with him for his entire ministry out in Southern California. And Kurt is really a treasure trove of information and resources. So without him, I don't think that it would be at all the kind of of accurate book that it is, an up-to-date book that it is. He is um, just an incredible man. So it is Kurt and I who have done the work on updating and keeping everything, I guess, cutting edge, you could say. And then we have incredible people working with us at Bethany House. So it's been a labor of love. I think I can see that um, from the publisher standpoint and, of course, from Kurt's point of view and my point of view. And God is just so incredible in how he brings people together, the right people for the right time. And this, again, came about, it was orchestrated in such a smooth and just a wonderful way. And so all along, the process has been a joy for us. Well, that's so great to hear. And I know there are many people who've been touched by the ministry of your father, as well as you now, and those who have been involved, like you've described at this team. Uh, can you tell us a brief story about someone maybe you've worked with who's been impacted by this book and share a little bit about the significance it's still having in people's lives today? Well, you know, what's amazing is that um, people come forward all the time and say, your father was my spiritual father. Your father touched my life in so many ways. And so people come forward and they say, I was a Mormon, and now I am not. I taught at Brigham Young University as a professor, and now I do not. And I was a Jehovah's Witnesses. So I had three three young men write me and say we were Jehovah's Witnesses, and we heard and heard what your father said and read what he said, and we were so angry. We were just so angry that we decided we were going to go out and prove him wrong. And you hear this time and time again, and that's a good thing. You want people to challenge what you say because when they challenge it, they go out and they start to research and they start to discover things, and the Holy Spirit speaks to their hearts. And that's what happened to these three young men. They went out to prove Walter Martin wrong, and all of a sudden he said they were sitting there one night and they just looked at each other and they said, it's all false. The Jehovah's Witness teaching is all false. And all three of them, all three of them came out of the watchtower. So I would just like to give that word of encouragement that what I have seen from my father's ministry and from our work in continuing it has been such a joy, a lot of hard work, but such a joy when you hear from those who are set free. Well, these are powerful stories, and we're going to take a break, and when we return, we'll discuss the importance of addressing the beliefs of cults and new religions. You won't want to miss it, so stick with us on A View for the Wall. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. 
I heard about a female swimmer who, some years ago, attempted to break a record and swim across an ocean channel. It was a foggy day. For hours, she pressed on, but not being able to see the shore, her finish line, due to the fog, she lost hope and gave up. It turns out that she gave up less than a quarter mile from the shore. She was so close to a great victory, but gave up too early and missed the blessing. I share that story to remind you that God's blessings, God's miracles, often come at the 11th hour. And if you give up too soon, you will miss great blessings. Blessings don't come to those who start well. They come to those who finish well. We invite you to visit the imawatchman.com website for resources that will help you finish well for the Lord. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com. We're back at A View from the Wall with Jill Martin Ritchie. And in your new edition of The Kingdom of the Cults, what are some of the common false teachings that you've seen in your research? It's this whole idea of every religion is acceptable, that there is no absolute truth. The de- We are really watching the death of absolute truth, uh, just like we are watching the death of the presumption of innocence in our country. Uh, innocent until proven guilty, that is dying. And now we are literally in a battle for the war on truth. So you have religions like Unitarianism that come in and say, everything is A-OK. Truth is relative to every age and tradition, as we write in, in the Kingdom of the Cults. Um, you know, there is a tyrannical God out there, and he has no control, if there is one, which we doubt. Um, but if he's out there, he's tyrannical, and he has really no control. He doesn't determine what happens to us. Only our individual choices determine that. It's, it's a death of absolute truth. It's the rise of awesome evil. And I mean awesome in a very bad way in this world. Um, Now we have instantaneous evil. It is transmitted worldwide instantaneously from deaths posted to Facebook, uh, you know, from that to witches cursing the president of the United States and a justice of the Supreme Court. Um, We have literal spells uh, read on the air on your your AM FM morning news you know program that you listen to. I mean, you've got all of this incredible, I guess you could call it, surge or rise or tidal wave of evil. Like restraints are being lifted, and from that is coming a rebirth of the occult. And the occult is hidden or secret things, hidden or secret power that comes from uh, someone who is uh, not at all anywhere near related to God, equal to in any way, shape, or form in power or identity. And that is Satan, of course. So you are looking at the rise of, of awesome, terrible evil and the occult, witchcraft, Satanism. Um, there is something called the Satanic Temple that has risen. They call themselves Satanic, but they have absolutely nothing to do with Satan. They are atheistic. And, of course, we have the rise of atheism and agnosticism, too. 
So um, just an enormous amount of uh, science is everything, religion is foolish, rejection of any kind of a supernatural world. And that's what we've always believed. I mean, humans have always, always believed this for thousands of years that we live in a supernatural reality. All you have to do is go back and read ancient documents to see that this was a worldwide belief. And it is only now in these times that man has moved to reject this completely, that we are not living in any kind of supernatural reality, that we are only living in a world where you have your five senses. And that is not biblical. So it's a dangerous place out there and it's getting worse, but praise God, I always have to put in um, the bright side, and that is that he is raising up an army to face this. And Christians, there are many, many Christians around the world who are standing firm in the face of all this and sharing the hope and joy in Jesus Christ. These false teachings take on a strategic role in the end times, and you've talked about that. You talked about the occult the last time we had you on the program, which was great, had great feedback from that. As we look at Bible prophecy and the increase of false teaching or just complete abandonment of truth, like you just mentioned, how do we see that affecting a end times message? How does that show up in the last days of Bible prophecy? Well, I think Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, uh, just says it all. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. My father always used to say that we've been living in the last days since Jesus came to earth. And so we are seeing now at this particular time a culmination of many, many prophecies that have been given many prophecies written in the Word of God. We are seeing one thing after another come to pass, and it's an incredible time to be alive, a scary time to be alive, uh, but an incredible time to see how the supernatural, there's that word again, right? The supernatural power of God in prophecy is coming true today. I know we mentioned it last time, but Israel being back in her land, that is probably the preeminent sign that we are in perilous times, the last times, because God has gathered, fulfilled the prophecy in Ezekiel, and gathered together to their land, His people, the people of Israel. So we see all of these things coming, the incredible rise of evil, the just the, the increase in so many things around the globe. Right now, I think they say there have been more earthquakes at this particular time than they have ever counted. That, I think, was something I ran across in uh, the media the other day. And, um, you know, we always have earthquakes around the world. But for some reason, they're off the charts right now. There are things happening that the Bible says will happen because it is a supernatural book. And I think that people can look at prophecy as strength, look at prophecy as Power, like we said, power for living, and look at prophecy as a way to say, yes, we're living in these times, and aren't they dangerous, and aren't they exciting, and what can we do for the Lord in this time? Look at it as an, an energizing thing, that these things are all happening, but um, praise God, things are falling into place. As Jan Markell always says, they're not falling apart, they're falling into place. 
And that is something that we should rejoice over and plan for, really. How can we step up the pace? How can we jump into this spiritual warfare and fight and tell people, hey, you know what? These things that are happening, they were predicted. We knew about this. I think that's a key thing, that energizing, that that going to the Lord and saying, use me, just please use me. Well, that's such a great way to put it. And we're going to take a break, but in our next segment, join us as we discuss how we can help reach friends, family members, and others who are involved in false teachings. You won't want to miss it. Stick with us on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall comes from I Am a Watchman Ministries, established to help individuals know the love of Jesus, enter into a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, tell others about Jesus, and prepare for the imminent return of Jesus. We want to inspire the body to live a life of meaning and purpose. And at the coming judgment, hear the Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. The wise will strive to live well so that they can finish well. The prudent will work to be aware of what God has done and what prophecy notes he will do in the days to come. In support of these goals, the I Am A Watchman ministry is happy to make available at no cost a wealth of discipleship, prophecy, and spiritual growth resources for those who desire to learn and those who are called to lead. Find out more by visiting our website, IamAWatchman.com. That's IamAWatchman.com. We're back on A View from the Wall and here with Jill Martin Ritchie talking about her upcoming new version of The Kingdom of the Cults, originally written by her father, Dr. Walter Martin. And this is important information. And if you ask why, I would definitely say that we each have a friend or a family member who has been deceived by false teaching somewhere along the way. And we have the desire to help and we often do not know the information that is needed to respond. So we've brought in Jill today. We're asking her questions about how to go about responding to false teaching in the lives of those that we love. And when we have someone we know involved in a false religious movement, let me come to you, Jill, and ask, how can we begin to help them see the need to move out of it and moving toward biblical Christianity? What can we do to help? There's a lot that we can do to help. Number one, I think, is prayer. Prayer is so powerful. The Bible says that a prayer of a righteous man affects much, changes much. And if you go to the actual language, the original language, it means exactly that. It's powerful. It will do things. It's an action, a movement. So prayer is number one to surround ourselves in, you know, with those who are praying and be in prayer ourselves. And then I love how my father put it in um, the chapter on cult evangelism. And he basically said that we need to remember that people who become involved in this have been taken captive. They're captives in spiritual warfare, and they've been taken captive to do Satan's will. And they need to be delivered from that, that they are precious souls. And Jesus Christ died for them. And they have homes, they have families, they have friends. We love them. <laughs> They're, you know, they are not just rebellious, evil people. They are, they are vulnerable and they have been deceived. So if you approach it from the standpoint of great love and compassion, 
that is, a, you know, a great start. Um, another thing that we need to do, as he said, is to just sit down and look at our theology, be firm in our theology, know what we believe and why we believe it, and then approach them on the basis of theology, not antagonism, but we know, you know, we we know that they are going to be polar opposites of what we're believing, but and that's where the antagonism should be in the recognition of that polar opposite theology, not in the personality of the person, not in that particular person, but in the theology. That's where our great difference lies, and that's what we should try to do to find that common ground of understanding. Um, the authority of the scripture, talking about that, talking about the nature of Jesus. I always try to focus on Jesus. Who is Jesus? Who is the Jesus of the Mormons? Who is the Jesus of Scientology? Those are things that it's a common ground that you can begin discussion on and say, well, this is what the Bible says Jesus is. Who do you say he is? And not that you agree and that it's a common ground, but it's just a topic of common interest. So those are places that we can start, or those are the, you know, really great um, beginnings. And also to remember that there's a pattern of evangelism in the New Testament. So we need to follow that pattern of evangelism. We need to go to Acts and study Acts and see how the apostles reached out, see what was said. And there are some great writings in the early church fathers, too, on handling some things that come up. So there is a great amount of wisdom and resources that we have to reach out to. But again, the number one thing is to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might through prayer and reading the Word. I love that you took it there, Jill, because on the website, WalterMartin.com, I saw that you have on there, on the website, a valuable section, the do's and don'ts of witnessing to cultists. And one Mm -hmm. of the first things Mm -hmm. that it says is that we need to remember cultists are people before they're cultists. And our, our mandate as Christians is not to go into all the world and win debates. Our mandate (laughs) is to go into all the world and reach people with the message of Jesus Christ. These people, just like an atheist or anybody else, if they face their eternity tomorrow, they're going to die and go to hell. The message is Jesus Christ. We need to be, our our mission needs to be to bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, not just to win an argument. Exactly. And I mean, that's why the gospel is called good news, because we have some good news to give to them. Um, I think you can be loving and compassionate and still be very strong and firm in what you believe. I don't believe in picking fights. Uh, I believe in standing up and being strong about what you believe. For example, I've been in discussions with a young atheist, and it's been very difficult to see the direction that he's going in, especially since he's only 18. And he has bought into everything the world says. Um, So I've had these discussions with him, but throughout them, I started out, you know, I think it was the second or third time we talked and I said, look, you know, you can, you can, you can believe what you want to believe. No one is saying you don't have that freedom, but let me tell you what's going to happen. And that's something that we must do. 
We must tell people the truth. We can do it in a kind way. We can do it in a compassionate way. But the truth of the matter is that there is only one way to God, and that is Jesus Christ. And if you reject him, then you are rejecting God. And in the end, he will give you exactly what you want. He will give you an eternity without him. And that's something that people need to understand. What word of encouragement would you give to those who are trying to help others who are caught in false teachings? I would say that um, we go back to the pattern of the New Testament. Study the early Christians, you know, 1 Corinthians one seventeen. Study the writings of Peter and John and Paul. Study what they did. You know, they went two by two. They literally went from house to house, and they turned the world upside down. So it's a one-on-one situation. It's asking God for the opportunity to reach out to someone, then it's going and doing it, and then it's following up on it. That's kind of hard work. <laughs> it's a lot harder than, than people generally, when they're starting out, think it's going to be because we need persistence. We need perseverance. We need to not be preoccupied with the things of this world. It's okay to know what's going on and to stand up and fight for political beliefs and things like that, but we don't want to be preoccupied with them in place of going out and doing what God has us do. When was the last time you spoke with someone about your faith? When was the last time you shared the love of Jesus? When was the last time you spoke to a witch or you talked to a trans person? on Facebook. I had someone come on Facebook and he cried out for help. He was, he is a trans man and he cried out for help and said, where are you Christians? Where are you? You say you love people. Where are you? Don't you know what the suicide rate is in our community? Please help us. That is the kind of situation God can bring to you and to me when we ask him to use us. And again, I would really encourage people to ask God to use you, not to glorify yourself. No one wants to do that if their heart is really for the Lord, but to bring glory to him. Ask God, how can I bring glory to you? And believe me, he will show you. And I know in my life, it just literally blew me away (laughs) how how he, he used us when we asked him to. So I would encourage them that these are not walls around cultists that are insurmountable. God says he breaks down walls. He breaks down barriers. He will get through. You just do what he asks you to do. Well, Jill, this is powerful information. I just wish we had more time to keep going, and we definitely need to have you back again. Well, if you've enjoyed Jill's information, we want to encourage you to find out more by going to waltermartin.com. You can find the radio schedule for Dr. Martin's ongoing programs, as well as articles and information on how to obtain the books that we've been talking about today. There is even going to be a workbook coming out later in November, so make sure to pick up a copy of that as well. Uh, For those of you who aren't aware, Jill also co-hosts Understanding the Times Radio Radio Jan Markell, and you can listen to her at olivetreeviews.org. Again, that's olivetreeviews.org. We want to thank you for listening to A View from the Wall. Subscribe or comment where you listen to this program or find out more at IamAWatchman.com. And we look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for joining us. 
A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.